0: Welcome back to a podcast about murder. I'm Freya and I'm here with Jem and we're here to talk about true crime. How are you doing today, Jem? I'm alright. Getting used to the lockdown. Lockdown life. Today's episode is one I think is really interesting. Um, it's the case of Britain's l- current longest serving prisoner, also dubbed the most dangerous living prisoner, uh, serial killer Robert Maudsley. I feel like his case isn't as well known as others, even in the UK. Most people have heard of Ian Brady and Myra Hindley's Moores murders. Uh, A lot of people have heard of Fred and Rose West. But Robert Maudsley is one of the lesser known serial killer cases and his story does have a very unique slant that I find pretty interesting. Before we get started, um, there is sort of mention of Crimes committed against children in this episode. So, you know, just a warning if that's something that's specifically upsetting to you, you may want to be prepared for that. I mean, not by him though. Robert Maudsley did not kill children, but you know, it's a content, it's just an overall content sort of warning, I suppose. So, Robert Maudsley became the longest serving prisoner after the death of Ian Brady in 2017. Um, And he's also broken a record for the longest time spent in solitary confinement, um, which is supposedly a whopping 41 years so far, um, which is... That
1: is too long to be by yourself.
0: I'm just going to put that on the record. This solitary confinement is outside of the norm. For sure. Robert was deemed too dangerous to be housed in a regular cell in 1983. As a result, a specialized cell was constructed for him in the basement of Wakefield Prison. Wakefield is a notorious Category A or high-security prison. In the UK, instead of, like, calling it maximum security or minimum security or my fave Supermax. (laughs) Oh yeah. Which is just so, like, American to me. It's like the same thing they'd call a Pepsi. (laughs) instead of that in the uk we have um a b c d um a being the highest level of security for the most dangerous inmates um and obviously all the way down to d being minimum security prison wakefield also known as monster mansion is (laughs)
1: which is a group i mean mean... you can't make fun of supermax and then like drop that That we we well we have letters but also we call it monster mansion
0: (laughs) (laughs) So true. It's known for holding some of Britain's most infamous criminals over the years, such as Ian Huntley, um, Dr. Harold Shipman, uh, who we definitely need an episode on at some point. um, One of Britain's most famous serial killers. And if I'm not mistaken, at least among the most prolific of all time, if I'm not mistaken. I think so. I think it's about 200, 200 victims, which is...
1: Shout I mean, out this world,
0: productive guy. <laughs> but also in Wakefield, uh, Ian Watkins, the paedophile former singer of Lost Prophets. I can't help but <laughs> note the high proportion of bad Ians.
1: Yeah, maybe what is that
0: someone should look into that. <laughs> Ian Brady,
1: Ian Huntley, Ian Watkins. There's a study to be done there. Are they all spelt the same way? Oh yeah, they're all just I. The good old mm. I A N. The regular Ian. (laughs) Psycho Ian, as we now (laughs) refer to that spelling.
0: Sorry to any listeners that are named Ian. (laughs) Anyway, the cell built in the basement of Wakefield for Robert Maudsley is slightly larger than the average cell, at 5.5 meters by 4.5. There are two layers to it. First, there is a solid steel door and bulletproof windows. And upon going in, it has like a cell within the cell which is cased in thick, transparent acrylic. Um, this gives it an effect similar to the cell Hannibal Lecter is confined to in Science of the Lambs. And the description also reminded me of the cell that they put Magneto in, in the older X-Men movies. Yeah. There's a small slot through which food is delivered, and inside the cell, within the cell, there is a table and a chair made of compressed cardboard, which I find quite interesting, and a toilet and a sink that are bolted to the floor. Robert Maudsley, now 66 years old, has one hour of exercise a day during which he is escorted to the prison yard by guards and not permitted to interact with any inmates. Other than this one hour, he spends 23 hours a day alone and has done for the past 40 years. Some of you may be thinking (laughs) Freya, even with your crazy record of liberal sympathy (laughs) I'm surprised at the sorrowful tone of voice you're using to describe this killer's circumstances. His victims don't get to enjoy an hour's walk in the prison yard. There's a reason why I feel a bit like Robert Maudsley's situation and in fact his entire life is a bit of a tragedy and um, yeah maybe other people won't feel that way. Robert John Maudsley was born in Toxteth, an area in the inner city of Liverpool, England. Toxteth is known for being hit over the years by various economic issues, neglect, and ailing living standards. The unrest resulted in riots in the 1980s, by which time Robert Maudsley would already be serving time in prison for murder. Hmm. Robert was born on 26th of June 1953. He was the fourth of 12 neglected and abused children and as such, along with his older brothers and one older sister, he was taken into care before the age of two. He spent time in the custody of a Catholic orphanage called Nazareth House in Crosby, Merseyside, until being returned to his parents at the age of eight. Robert's brother Paul would recount this as a happy period in their lives, saying that they were well looked after by the nuns in the orphanage. Which is nice to hear because there aren't always... Nice stories about being taken into care, but I think yeah, it highlights how horrible their home life was. That they were mm. happy to be in care, and it was nice <laughs> by comparison. Also, not a lot of people have positive stories about. Like, let's be honest. Although this is a little bit maybe controversial, not a lot of people have great stories about being raised by nuns.
1: Yeah. It's usually
0: like considered so a bad. Typically portrayed as very like strict, I guess. Mm. But according to Paul, um, the nuns took really good care of them and were very kind to them. So, Good on your nuns. So shout out to those nuns. But the children were returned to the family home, uh, Robert and his siblings. And um, unfortunately, the abuse resumed. Robert's brother, Paul, recalled, quote, It was the old fella who hit us with his fists, belt and sometimes a stick, but our ma instigated half of it. Robert recounted that he was once locked in a room for six months, during which his father only opened the door to administer a beating. Um, Robert has claimed he also suffered severe sexual abuse, and that violence and mistreatment is all he remembers from his childhood, which is really sad. Robert was eventually removed by social services for a final time, and he was placed with a foster family. In the late 1960s, Robert was a damaged teenage runaway, living in London and relying on sex work to survive and to finance a spiralling addiction to drugs. He attempted suicide several times and had contact with psychiatric services. He told doctors that he heard voices and that the voices were instructing him to kill his parents. So obviously some mental health difficulties there. Um, Possibly schizophrenia, something such as
1: that. I mean... Given the sort of circumstances, it's not that surprising, I guess. I mean, it's sad, definitely.
0: Yeah, so the voices were instructing him to kill his parents, um, which is almost unsurprising, <laughs> given the history. Mm. I want to kill his parents too. <laughs> yeah. So I don't... I, I sympathise. Interestingly, much later, Robert would say that if he had killed his parents, his victims likely would not have died. Um, who knows if he was right about that or not, but it's interesting how he views that Mm. because he obviously sees well as we go through the story i guess we'll see how it's possible that his um he transfers his parents onto every one of his victims Mm. if that makes sense in 1974 when robert was 20 years old he was picked up for sex by a builder named john farrell john drove robert to his flat in north london while there john showed robert pictures of a young girl and boasted that he had abused her and other children Robert, was, who was of course himself a victim of childhood sexual abuse, was instantly enra- enraged. He slowly garroted the paedophile until he died. I wasn't sure with what the garrotting was done, but that is the word that's used. It was said to be there and then, so it's obviously something suitable that he um, found nearby. But regardless, that
1: is how it's described. Also, I mean, just such a weird... the victim... Is like i've brought this young man home and like before we get to the act i'm gonna like brag about being a pedophile i think also yeah
0: no i mean it seems odd but sometimes these people think they're gonna find like a like-minded mm. soul and like how how almost hilariously unlucky that <laughs> he yeah. shows he shows that too like someone who is a victim and also Mm. completely mentally unstable (laughs) notably robert handed himself into police after the murder um yeah and he received a life sentence and was marked never to be released um which like (laughs) i think is kind of harsh in a way i mean like i understand that it's a murder but i don't think he's got a another offense if you see what I mean and Mm. it is and that you'd think there'd be aggravating circumstances like his yeah uh his past his mental health stuff that would have maybe like given him and his youth as well he's only like 20 What
1: I'm wondering though obviously the crime is like (laughs) bad don't do murder But like, I wonder to what extent his background sort of played against him in like, in the sense that he's a young, he's got a, he's got a drug problem, Mm. right? He's got that against him in that sense. And he's a young male sex worker. And maybe that is also like, deemed some kind of like...
0: So what you're saying is like, he's an undesirable in a sense. So they're kind of just thinking we want this guy off the road kind yeah. of thing. I wonder how much that like plays into it. That's a good point. Robert was sent to Broadmoor Hospital, a well-known high-security psychiatric facility for the criminally insane in Berkshire. And there he got his first nickname. The inmates called him Blue, which was a reference to the colour John Farrell turned as Robert killed him. Um, this is so interesting to me to talk about a case where I find it difficult to feel sympathy for the victim um mm. i don't think that two wrongs make a right or anything um i don't really believe in revenge or retribution as you know especially in a governmental capacity but i
1: just really don't mind all that much <laughs> that the pedo <Peter> got murdered <laughs> yeah. you know what i mean it's interesting actually because i think it's quite rare to have a case where the victims of the murderer are actually perpetrators of crimes themselves Mm, and they're not innocent and they they make you feel
0: you know you're revolted by them which is unusual in 1977 robert's nickname would change to reflect a new incident one that would go down as an infamous british prison tale robert teamed up with another inmate david cheeseman and (laughs) i love that name (laughs) cheeseman and the two locked themselves in a cell with a third man Their hostage was an inmate convicted of child molestation. Um, Before hospital staff were alerted to what was happening and the cell could be unlocked, Robert and David spent nine hours subjecting the paedophile to brutal torture before finally killing him. Nine hours. (laughs) Nine
1: hours. How? But, like, how is that even possible in a prison? I mean, gotta be
0: creative to come up with, I don't know. Again, not saying it's right, especially, you know a torturous element but it's hard to be really sad about it but mm. you know it's just fascinating to me how the way we're talking about it just feels different but it was said that the victim's cracked skull resembled the broken shell of a boiled egg and had a spoon hanging out of it i mean that's an image <laughs> <laughs> a mental image that really sticks with you It was this detail that led a guard to begin the rumour that Robert had eaten the brain of his victim. This information led to nicknames in the press and among other prisoners, such as Hannibal the Cannibal, The Brain Eater, and a more mild one, Spoons. (laughs) I like Spoons. I mean, it has a gory... According to the autopsy reports, this rumour was false. But the name stuck. By which I mean they didn't find any brain missing. So they didn't believe any had been, like, consumed. Just (laughs) mixed. (laughs) Oh, God. Bizarrely, Robert was deemed fit to stand trial this time where he hadn't for his first murder. Which, again, like, is just really bizarre to me because he's clearly a mental health patient. Like, not even a matter of opinion, but a matter of, like, actually being in Broadmoor. (laughs) Which
1: is... Well, a mental institution. yeah, And, like, the nature of this crime seems more deranged than the first one? In the, in the torturous aspect.
0: I guess their logic is it has more um, premeditation to it. You know, like, yeah. there's all this trapping of the guy in it and all those things. That's true. The killing at Broadmoor would net Robert a manslaughter conviction... And a transfer to the notorious Wakefield prison. So the manslaughter ele- element is interesting. That's probably because of his status as a mental health patient. As mm-hmm. opposed to like, why he didn't get murder.
1: What happened to the other guy? Cheeseman. Cheeseman. <laughs> <Jeez>, um, <laughs> I have no
0: information on what happened to Cheeseman. Hmm. I hope he's okay. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Wonder what he's up to. Yeah.
0: Robert was upset with his transfer to Wakefield. Um, he didn't want to leave Broadmoor. Just weeks after his arrival at Wakefield in 1978, he would kill two fellow prisoners in one day. Busy day. The first, Salney Darwood, was serving time for the murder of his wife. Um, in He was lured by Robert to his cell. His throat was cut and his body was hidden under the bed. Robert spent a few hours unsuccessfully trying to lure other prisoners into his cell. Which is a funny <laughs> image. <laughs>
1: How was he trying to lure them? Like what was he
0: <laughs> luring them with? I think I read a couple of things like um he wanted like to you
1: know, like play cards or, you know, chat. Come into nice. my cell, chat or show them something. Do you think they could tell that there was something odd about it? And they were just like, I don't know why you want to play cards this badly, but no. I like... feel like it's
0: unlikely, especially considering all the nicknames that they didn't know mm. that he'd already trapped a pr- a prisoner yeah. or that was incarcerated with him you wouldn't want to be alone cell with him. and like torture a guy's death and that already happened so yeah
1: that's true what did he have on him that he could use to cut his throat like Shift. where did he get ship i uh, uh,
0: th- uh, this will come up in a second Finally, he would corner Bill Roberts. Um, this was another paedophile serving time for attacking a child. And he, Robert, attacked Bill with a... Now, I've written dagger. That is not the case. It can't possibly be the case. <laughs> so I, I'm i not sure why that's written there. Because in the very next sentence, I call it a shiv. So it's a shiv.
1: Also makes it seem
0: so, like, ornate that he's <laughs> yeah. got this dagger. <laughs>
1: pretty effective shiv
0: yeah i don't know what he where he got it from or what he made it of but he used the shiv to stab at bill's skull and then slammed the man's head into the wall repeatedly until he died afterwards robert calmly approached the guards on duty and told them they would be two men short when they took the next roll
1: call that's just so that's such a line though (laughs) if nothing else you got to respect him for the the drama of that line (laughs)
0: exactly uh yeah during the trial for the double murder the court would hear that in the midst of his attacks robert maudsley believed his victims were his abusive parents he was convicted and oddly enough he was sent back
1: to wakefield which um i mean that's a bit weird like i get like the whole reason he's there in the first place is that he couldn't stay at the previous location where he killed someone So why would you send him back to the place where he's killed two people successfully? Like, I don't know.
0: But naturally, his notoriety and the danger he presented to other prisoners led him to be placed into solitary confinement and into his unique cell, um, where Hmm. he remains to this day. He is said to have gone 12 years without a haircut as prison barbers were too scared to approach him. In a tape-recorded interview, he tells psychiatrist Bob Johnson... I'm just capable of doing anything, Bob, and that's why I've got to be cautious, Bob, you know? So, Hmm. it's fair. (laughs) Yeah, he's quite self-aware. Robert Maudsley is officially said to represent such a high risk to those around him that he merits being isolated completely for the foreseeable future. Serving four life sentences, he has no prospect of ever being released and will die in prison. Fuck off, you. Now it's a plane. I mean, like, like busy? the thing is, there's a plane going overhead, and I was thinking this the other day because because uh, I've had there's been a few planes, and I've just looked up and think and I like where the fuck are you going? No one's allowed to go anywhere. Yeah. <laughs> what would that seems suspicious to me. There's still planes at the very same frequency. There's always been over my house, so I don't know where these people are going. Hmm. Uh, so it's a tragic story, in my opinion, of an extremely damaged person. Obviously, I don't think it's right to kill, but it's so hard for me not to empathize given who he killed and his past. Um, mm. It does make me feel conflicted. I find it bizarre that in light of everything, he's subjected to such an extreme level of isolation when he's clearly a mental health patient who needs to be in a hospital, probably yeah. f- probably for the rest of his life. Like, don't get me wrong. Like, I don't think he should yeah, be out walking I don't the streets, he- but it's like... I feel
1: like there's a care that should be given. Well, I mean, is he, does he have a therapist? No, he's not allowed to talk to anyone. Well, yeah, we'll get to
0: that in a second, which, yeah, he does. So he has supporters um, and people do campaign to increase the quality of life he has in prison in view of his history and mental health, um, which is like, like I just said, like, like people aren't saying, let this guy out, you know, they're just saying he'd this is a specific case. Like, this is a... Mm. This is something where you need to tailor what you're doing to this person because this isn't, like, a normal situation. Supporters claim he should be receiving rehabilitation and treatment rather than being in solitary confinement, which I agree with. Um, Dr. Bob Johnson, the psychiatrist I mentioned earlier, treated Robert for three years before abruptly being cut off from seeing him. Um he is told of his frustration as he believed he had made progress with Robert's aggression and could potentially have helped Robert transform himself into a patient who would not pose a danger to others. So it's it is frustrating that you know someone was yeah. able to work with him and possibly be making progress and then be told you can't see him anymore.
1: Is a it's bit... really like I feel like he has been failed by like the system in general from like f- for all of his life basically Exactly I definitely feel that yeah basically And it's sort of a shame that they're not actually trying to do anything to f- to remedy that
0: It's in It's any obvious way. to me that they feel because um I think if I remember rightly the stuff that Bob Johnson the psychiatrist was saying was that it had a lot to do with them putting money into this and I think from their end they're like why would we put money into this and from Mm. his friends and supporters point of view they're like well because he's a person (laughs) and that's like what you're supposed to be doing you know it just comes back to that um thing of like what we want prison to be for isn't it Mm. Robert has written quote the prison authorities see me as a problem and their solution has been to put me into solitary confinement and throw away the key to bury me alive in a concrete coffin. It does not matter to them whether I am mad or bad. They do not know the answer and they do not care, just so long as I am kept out of sight and out of mind. I am left to stagnate, vegetate and to regress, left to confront my solitary head on with people who have eyes but don't see and who have ears but don't hear, who have mouths but don't speak. My life in solitary is one long period of unbroken depression.
1: It is just sad, because it is, as he says, he is just viewed as a problem, but I feel like they're not even trying to come up with any solutions mm. to this problem.
0: And he's obviously very intelligent, you can tell from this eloquent sort of way of expressing himself.
1: Yeah. He is obviously sensitive and very aware of his situation. Mm.
0: Robert Maudsley enjoys poetry, art, classical music, and David Attenborough's documentaries on wildlife which i definitely sympathize with. Yeah. Um he goes by Bob with friends and family who write to him. He has a genius level like you and has aspirations of gaining a degree in music theory. So that's quite interesting.
1: Hmm, would
0: they allow him to do that? I'm not sure. Um I think he said that um, he would have liked to have gone to the Open University because obviously that's the mm. university that doesn't um, have entry requirements, as far as I know. And the Open University is, like, very flexible and you can do this, you don't have to turn up to it. So yeah. it is one, the one that's most, <laughs> the most attainable goal. Viable. Um, but I don't know if they would allow him to do that. He has, over the years, unsuccessfully requested for his confinement to be relaxed or for him to be allowed to commit suicide. He is said to have spoken with cockroaches for company. He once requested to be allowed to keep a, be- a pet budgie, but this was denied. Which is. Like, why not? What's the harm in that, though? <laughs> I don't see any reason why. Are you going to tell me can't? that the expenses guess... of
1: some, like, bird seed are going to be too much for strain on Her Majesty's pocket?
0: If it's a whole thing of, like, okay, we we can't afford, like, a therapist is quite expensive. But if you could give the guy Mm. a bird, it's really not going to cost that much. Yeah. There's a a slightly, there's an element in there of, like, the bird will not see the light of day. (laughs) Okay, yeah. I guess maybe, like, now that I'm saying it, I can see an animal cruelty reason why you might not want to give him one. But I
1: hadn't thought about the logistics of it. Then
0: you could give him a bird that could stay with him and then they could take it out. I don't know. They, he could have it with him for a certain amount of hours yeah. a day, but I don't know. I'm just, like, really obsessed with this <laughs> idea that he should have a budgie
1: and we should all make all these exceptions to it. <laughs> well, I just feel like he could have something in there with him that would... I mean, it makes
0: it a little easier. There's going to be some kind of animal you can keep in a situation like that as well. Like, maybe not a bird, but something. His only contact with the outside world is through letters. Um, his brother Paul, I believe, is the one who is the most, has the most contact with him and um, writes oh. him the most. Robert's brother Paul says, quote, The prison authorities are trying to break him. Every time they see him making progress, they throw a spanner in the works. He spent a time in Woodhill prison, and there he was getting on well with the staff, even playing chess with them. He had access to books and music and television. Now they have put him back in the cage at Wakefield. His troubles started because he got locked up as a kid. All they do when they put him back there is bring all that trauma back to him. And I get it. I think that's a fair analysis. It's a very intelligent analysis as well. Um, You know, to be able to compare those two situations, being locked up um, by his abusive father in rooms, whatever, for months on end and beaten is very it's gonna be very psychologically similar to being locked up in a tiny cell in you yeah, know, yeah. without any natural light. <laughs> so um and of course that would impede someone making any psychological progress as well. Mm. You know, if if you're in an environment like that it's gonna be very difficult to make any progress.
1: Well that's the thing that he says in the quote that you um referenced earlier is that they make him regress in fact be like the fact yeah he did actually use that
0: term actually yeah yeah to regress robert believes that all he has to look forward to is quote further mental breakdown and possible suicide in many ways i think this is what the authorities hope for that way the problem of robert john maudsley can be easily and swiftly resolved so sad that yeah that he's sort of that one sounds like he's sort of given up and as you get older, he's, he's 66 now, um, he probably doesn't really have much hope that things are going to change for him. Also, these places don't do good for your life expectancy. So, you know, people in prison, they don't tend to live
1: exceptionally long lives. Yeah, I'm already, I'm actually quite impressed by how long he's been in there. Or red. Like, I mean, it's so long.
0: Yeah, most of these, most of these guys, will, they die in their 60s, in their, some of you in their 50s. Mm. So a really interesting, um, tragic, but very unique case that I found fascinating, um, quite thought-provoking. Mm. It does raise questions for us all to consider, again, on the nature of the prison system, how we treat criminals with mental health issues or who are victims themselves. Um, it all just makes you think, really. What yeah. we should be doing as a society um, mm. can, to prevent these things? And then how do we treat people who have, I don't know, yeah. these unique situations?
1: But how do you take that into account? Right. I guess, is the question. With a
0: legal system that is sort of... Very,
1: well, it has uh, to have some it rules. Has, yeah,
0: exactly. It has to have some regimen to it where you apply a certain thing for a certain thing and yet life is, isn't like that
1: mm. but it's um no it's definitely an interesting conversation topic
0: yeah and like I said also brings back those things about you know what is prison for what do we want it to be yeah. for do we want it to be a place where we try and get some kind of revenge or punishment or like Mm-mm. we get satisfaction from their suffering is that even possible In my opinion, it's not, (laughs) but in other people's opinion, that is the point of it. So, or is it a place where, you know, we're just trying to, there are people who maybe can't live a normal life in a, in a way Mm. and they need to be separated, but they also need to have a chance at something.
1: The situation that he is in is so just as he, I mean, the word he uses is like stagnant and it's true it's just like there's nothing is done either way to either improve or worsen the quality of his life so it's it's just like what is the point right what is the goal here we're just waiting mm. for him to die i'm not like in favor of the death penalty by any means but it's less it's almost less cruel to sentence him to death at this mm. point
0: yeah i mean i i also believe in the uh in the right to take your own life um we won't go yeah, let's not go into was... that too much but i do think like he says he wanted to be allowed to commit suicide and they wouldn't let him and i kind of just feel like yeah if he wants to i mean but they also have a duty of care and he is a mental health patient so you can't just
1: let him yeah. kill himself but at the same time well you can't have like state authorized euthanasia because that's like
0: <laughs> recipe for total disaster <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> Oh, God. Yeah, I think we're just going to go around in this sort of circle for a while. But, but yeah, mm. it is an interesting topic. Um, I mean, we might yeah. have to do like bonus episodes where we talk about some sort of specific issues rather than cases, because that could be quite interesting. Um, yeah. Like, I'd like to talk about more about our views on certain things about the justice system and certain things about social topics like that. So,
1: In the meantime, though, let us know what you think in the comments
0: yeah (laughs) um yeah that's a good point though i would like to hear other people's opinions on something like this a case that like this that's different to everything else but that's that's everything that we've got for today um (laughs) thank you for listening uh don't forget to connect with us on social media at about murder on twitter instagram at a podcast about murder facebook.com slash a podcast about murder with no e that is no e in murder that's obvious because there's no other e's (laughs) that's what I was thinking (laughs) these (laughs) I was thinking why have I never said that before and then I realized why I've never said that before (laughs) Um, (laughs) and these are in the description box and if you would like to send us an email our address is a podcast about murder at outlook.com I hope everyone is staying safe during these weird times, um, staying home where possible. Don't go out if you can really help it. Um, just yeah, because obviously. the more that people slout that, the longer this bullshit goes on for, and the longer I have to like put my fucking life on hold. So just do what they fucking say. Stay in. Don't <laughs> be a hero. Don't think you're cool because you're going out, laughing about still in the middle of this thing. If you're not scared of it, whatever. It doesn't matter. I'm not scared of it either. I just want it to be over. I want to be allowed out of my house. <laughs> so <laughs> everyone just do what they fucking say. That's it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> That's the, the final message of this episode. That's
0: Stay the end. your house. I hope you'll join us again next Friday um, where we will do it all over again with another case. And it will be the last episode yeah. of the season, I believe. Um, so don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss it and have a why do I say it like that it (laughs) (laughs) don't forget (laughs) to subscribe so you don't miss that and have a great weekend indoors
1: yeah there is plenty of things to do indoors you could listen to this podcast for instance
0: you could go back and listen to all of the episodes and enjoy them all completely free wherever you are Thank you for listening. Bye! -bye. I'm finished now. I've got nothing (laughs) else.